Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Since a teacher, since a pastor, since an elder, since a parent is a person of great influence, we're going to be judged harsher. That pastor that says, this is not true, will receive greater condemnation and damnation from God. See, there's degrees of reward and degrees of punishment. Degrees of reward in heaven and degrees of punishment in hell. It doesn't change the location, but there are degrees. How does God judge those in leadership? Today, Pastor Mark will explain to listeners how the greater your sphere of influence, the greater expectations that the Lord has of you. Those in leadership positions must understand the important responsibility each has to shepherd their followers. If you're in leadership today, there are many people watching your every move and expecting you to guide them with a spiritual foundation. Jesus demands for you to be a humble, selfless leader. How are you using your sphere of influence to touch the lives of the lost today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, The Threat to the Church from the Inside. We can't be afraid to confront things in our lives that need to be changed. If we will do that, God will help us to be people of great influence. We begin in verse 13. Woe to you, notice who he's writing to, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You see, Jesus says to the spiritual leaders, you're to make God known. Understand this. In the Jewish religion, it was very attractive to the pagan world. Why? Because the pagan world had many, 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 many gods. The Judaizers, the Judaists, the the Jewish people said, here, we have one God. That was attractive. So Jesus says, woe to you leaders, you have the key, one God. And in fact, before you, you have the real key, Jesus, the Messiah, that allows man and woman to get to God. He says to him, but you ignore the key. You don't have the key. And in fact, because you give the wrong key out, they were trying to bring people to them, to their way of living. He said, because that, you're not going to enter heaven, and you're blocking these people to do that. Let me give you an example. Today, you go out to your car in the parking lot here, and you brought the Camry, and you left your other car at home. Well, you go out there, and 
you search and you got your keys, but you have the key to your other car at home. Well, you go to your car. Your wife left that one for you. Uh, We won't go there. And you don't have the set of keys for that car. So you stand there and put it in the door. How many think you're going to get in it? You have a key, but it's the what? Tell me, it's the wrong key. So are you going to get in it? No. So you have some friends come by, and they go, wow, look at that camera. That's a new baby, isn't it? Wow, really good, really nice. You say, hey, you can drive it anytime you want, man. Anything You want to just try it out? Good. And they said, yeah, we'd like to do that. He says, well, we're going down to Ace Hardware. Can I ride in your car? Yes, you go down to Ace Hardware. He takes that key and makes a duplicate for the friend. Are you still with me, or did, you, did I lose you? He makes a duplicate of which kind of key? The wrong key. So he comes back and he goes, hey, the, the key won't work. That's exactly what the Jewish leaders were doing. They said, come and find God through rules and regulations and being right with God. You can be good enough. It was the wrong key. And every convert they made to Judaism, they gave them the wrong key. The key today is Jesus Christ. There is no other key. That's the only key. That's the only way to get to God. Now, when you think about that, the Bible even says it like this, Hebrew, uh, Luke 11, What sorrow awaits you experts in religious law, for you remove the key to knowledge from the people. Well, because of that, you don't enter the kingdom yourselves, and you prevent others from entering it. Is there any woes today in the United States that behind the pulpits in our churches are any pastors and priests giving out the wrong key? If Jesus looked at our churches today, would he go, whoa, he would. Let me give you some of them. This morning in the United States, and of course around the world as well, There will be men and women standing behind this pulpit who will say this, the Bible is not inspired. Jesus was not born of a virgin. Jesus sinned while he was on earth. All roads lead to heaven. At death, everyone goes to heaven. There is no absolute truth. Well, those are all lies. They're all wrong keys. But understand this, you walk into a church, you're searching for truth. You've tried life, it doesn't work right. You've heard about a church, you walk in. The clergy person in that church takes the Bible, turns to a passage and reads it. You go, wow, this is good. Then he says this, you can trust this part, but these verses don't apply. And in fact, much of this is just nice words. There's no truth in much of the Bible, but we'll get some relevance out of some things today. Well, wait a minute. You have no background. You don't have any theological school. You don't even know anything about the Bible. And so you say, okay, this person stands here, robe, no robe, doesn't matter, educated, theology, study of God, degrees, doctor, whatever, so-and-so, pastor, whatever, so-and-so, he must be right. I I guess this isn't really truth. You're a young parent. You go home. 
You brought your kids to Sunday school that day. They heard the same thing in their little class all the way to a teenager. So at home, when your teenager says, should we read anything in the Bible? My teacher in the class said it really isn't all true. And you say, well, that's exactly right. It isn't all true. We just have to be good moral people. Do you see how it infects us? And that's exactly what's happening in the church today. Jesus would say to many of our churches in the United States, whoa, you're handing out a key that cannot get people to spend eternity with me. Because of that, woe to you. Now, I'm not a guy that's very negative. I'm a very positive guy. So today, I'm not going to give you eight woes. I'm going to give you four. But they're going to be no woes. Say it with me. No woes. Say it fast three times. No woes, no woes, no woes. As I came in this morning in the parking lot, somebody's here last night, he says, no woe. I went, yeah, you got it. So here's the first, say it with me, no woes. Here's the first. This is a positive way. How can I not get a woe from God? Here's a no woe from God. Vera, a no woe. Become a Christ follower. That's the key. The key to heaven. It's the only way to heaven. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And then tell others about the key. If I want somebody to ride him a Camry, give him the right key for crying out loud. Do it right. That's what Jesus is saying to these people. Woe to you. Let me share this with you. You can't witness to a Jewish person by using John 3.16. Number one, they don't believe in the New Testament. Number two, they don't believe in Jesus. So you have to witness to a Jew from their background. Their background is the Old Testament. And all through the Old Testament, we can prove over and over and over again the prophecies about the coming Messiah and who God is. And he can be known. The key is always Jesus. We meet today because of Jesus. Don't ever dilute Jesus. He's the central place of our lives. Well, verse 14, and I put it on the overhead. Some of you don't, in your translations don't have it, but that same verse is found, maybe not in some of the early manuscripts of Matthew, but it's definitely found in Mark 12 and Luke 20. Here it is. The second woe. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Again, the spiritual leaders. Hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. You see, what happened in those days was kind of a tradition like this. Watch me. In those days, husband and wife, he's getting ready to make his plans to die. And he would use the rabbi in the temple as part of the deal. And the rabbi said, I'll take care of your wife, a widow, when you die. That was the deal that was taken care of. Well, these oppressed widows, when it came time her husband died, well, the, the priests did take care of the widows. The problem was they would charge for this. So really what they were doing was they were lining their pockets as they took care of the widow. They were making big bucks off the widow. The widow didn't know it. They were making big bucks. But to offset their stealing, notice Jesus says you make long public prayers. So they would go out in public and pray for Widow Jones. 
long, flowery prayer, really concerned for her while they stuff their pockets because of greed. We see the people didn't know it. The widow didn't know it. Aha. Jesus knew it. You see, there's nothing hidden from God. So Jesus says, wait a minute. You're supposed to be kind, compassionate leaders. But you're ripping off the people? What's up with that? Let me ask you this morning. Would Jesus say woe to some of the Christian television marketing gimmicks that we see? He'd say, whoa, and I, I, I wish he'd pull the plug. Let me share with you a couple things you need to be wise about. If you watch a Christian television program and half of the program is about getting you to give, be careful. If there's 15 minutes of preaching and 15 minutes, how you can sign your house over when you die, how you can give to them, how they need this, be very careful. If you watch a Christian television station and it sounds to you like a marketing program, like an infomercial, turn it off. We have everybody selling bee pollen, colonics for you that are for Christians, vitamins, makeup that's from whatever. Hey, bee pollen, just eat honey. Forget the bee pollen crud. Why am I saying that? Because my background is pharmacy. And their medicines that they give you, special name, Holy Land Vitamins. <laughs> Made in Joyzy. <laughs> I can buy that for $3.99. Know what they charge you? $49.99. And we're stupid enough to do it. Now, not only are we stupid enough, but the world that's looking for answers turns on the television, and what do they hear? It looks like any other program. It should not be. Jesus would say, whoa. Now, when there's a legitimate need, nothing wrong with making the need known because people give to make things happen, but not with manipulation. So Jesus says, woe to you guys that make these big prayers, but all the time you're stuffing your pockets. Now look at this last verse here. and uh, Look at, therefore you will receive, what? Greater Condemnation. What does it mean you receive greater condemnation? Well, James 3.1 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. In other words, since a teacher, since a pastor, since an elder, since a parent is a person of great influence, we're going to be judged harsher. That pastor that says, this is not true, will receive greater condemnation and damnation from God. See, there's degrees of reward and degrees of punishment. Degrees of reward in heaven and degrees of punishment in hell. It doesn't change the location, but there are degrees. So those of us that teach, those of us that are elders and pastors, we take this very seriously. Because your lives are at stake. I don't want to receive heavier judgment because I fail to practice what I teach. So here's the no woe. Say it with me. No woe. Here it is. Talk the talk. 
and walk the walk. Just be real. Don't pretend with your long prayers that you're some super spiritual person and all the time in the background you're gossiping and doing all kinds of things. Well, look at verse 15. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, again addressing leadership. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. Well, let's stop there. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. Is that good? That's very good. You see, the Bible speaks about having a zeal, but you should have knowledge with it. Many of you became a Christian, and right after you became a Christian, you had tremendous zeal. The problem is you had little knowledge. So you went home and you gave your relatives, your mom or dad or husband or wife or neighbor, you gave them the full story, didn't you? All shot, become a Christian. And you blew them away. Didn't, didn't any of you try that? You did that. And now you have to backpedal a little bit because you got too aggressive with them. You had zeal, but you didn't have any knowledge. But it is good for you and I to have an incredible knowledge that can go with the zeal. Now, what do I mean by that? Listen, I'm concerned, and I'll just say it kindly to us. I'm concerned that we don't have enough passion and zeal in our Christianity. Oh, we are going overseas. We are going next door. But I don't think we really realize how much influence we should have. Do you know in America, the absolute worst attendance of any meeting anywhere is always where we pray together. Guys, we need to be passionate Are you ashamed of being a Christian? If that was part of our deal, would would you get your prayer rug out in plain view and pray to the God Almighty? No, most of us play in our religion. And why are the Muslims taking the world over? Because they're radical in their faith. But it's wrong faith. We have the right truth, but we're not radical. And I don't mean by radical weird. I mean we don't have a passion for God. God help us. Jesus would say, woe to us. I believe it. He would say, woe to me. And it's not just about prayer. It's the whole deal that we're not not making converts like God wants us to make them. Jesus says, woe. Now, he says, woe, not because they had zeal, but because when they went and made converts, here's what they made converts of, themselves. They tried to produce more Pharisees. Jesus says, what's up with that? You're supposed to be producing more God-lovers. Listen, I learned this a long time ago, many, many years ago. Write this little statement down. A rebel reproduces another rebel. That's what Jesus was saying. You got great zeal, but all you're doing is reproducing more more Pharisees. And you know what happens when you produce a Pharisee? Normally they have more zeal than the person that reproduced them. There's radicalism with it. So in our fellowship, for instance, in a home group, if we discover a leader in a home group is not submissive, 
wants to do his own thing, come up with his own ideas, how he wants to do things. We deal with them. We, we love them. We encourage them. We try to get them to change. If they won't change, we remove the leader lovingly. Why? Because if we don't, pretty soon I have 12 rebels. Do you understand? That's how the world works. So Jesus says, woe to you. You're, you're making disciples, but you're making disciples of you. And that's not a good thing. Let me give you an example of something that I think um, we have to be careful. Let me just say it. We're Calvary Chapel. You see, many religions try to convert a person to become a Catholic, a Protestant, a Jehovah Witness, or a Mormon. You see the Mormons say, become a Mormon. We must be very careful. Listen to me. We must be very careful here in Melbourne and in Vieira. We're not trying to make people Calvary Chapelites. I want people to be followers of Jesus Christ. Do you understand? I love Calvary Chapel. I love Calvary Chapel. That's who we are. But guys, we weren't called to make people Calvary Chapelites. We were called to make them followers of Jesus Christ. In the upper room, something interesting happened. That night, Jesus gave the meal to us called communion, the Eucharist, Thanksgiving. Do you ever think in his wildest imagination, Jesus thought there'd come a day when you can go to a church here in our country, in our city, and if you're not a member of that church, you can't take communion. Do you think Jesus ever thought when there were no denominations, when there was no separatism, that when he gave the meal, he said, do this in your own little isolated group whenever you remember me. No, the body of Christ is all followers. So in our fellowship, we practice something called open communion. If you are a true follower of Christ, I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, whatever you are. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in the Word of God, you've asked Him to come in, you're out. When we serve communion, I believe it's a mandate from Jesus to serve you communion. See, it's not about our church. It's about the meal He gave us. And I know that's hard for some of you, but... Understand, we're going to be in heaven with all kinds of people that love him. Before 1970, there were no Calvary chapels. So be careful you don't become this. Jesus says, well, it's nice you go and make converts, but you're making more converts like you. And you are Pharisees that don't know God. I don't like those kind of converts. We want to make people converts to Jesus. So... Here's our third no woe. Say it with me. No woe. Encourage people to become a convert to Christ. By the way, you're not the pilot of your own life. You were bought with a price. Your body's not your own. It's His. If the number one key in life is to become a Christ follower, then we must live to encourage people to become converts to Christ. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that if we're to talk the talk and walk the walk, it starts with efforts to impact others for the kingdom. Do not use your sphere of influence to falsely lead the lost. Understand that people are always watching and waiting to see how true Jesus really is in your life. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What is a leader and how should a leader be defined? Today, many define leadership by a role, position, or even a paycheck. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give some godly wisdom on the topic of leadership. A leader should be defined by character, and the perfect role model of a leader with godly character is Jesus. Those with godly character will distinguish themselves and help attract lives for the kingdom. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting